It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the hour, the latest on the Commander's coaching search. Uh, got some audio for some reporters on a couple other shows today with some updates. And, of course, our own thoughts on, for instance, the Commander's interviewing Eric Bieniemy. Um, so what do we make of that? A thing, a not a thing, a real candidate, not a real candidate, why it's a good idea, why it's a bad idea. We'll get to all that coming up at the, or in the 6 o'clock hour. Right now, though, at 5.30 on a Monday, it is time for us to look back at the NFL weekend and break down the games. We'll do two now, two in the next segment. Uh, Anthony, if there was only a way to divide the games, two and two. All right, there were two Saturday and two Sunday. So let's go in chronological order. Let's start uh, with the Saturday tilt between the Texans and the Ravens. And, I mean, this game was close for a long time. And then the Ravens just showed to be a completely different team. 60-minute game, you know, whole deal uh, by the end of it is is a blowout. And, you know, they score 17 in the fourth. Um, it's really only close in the first half, too, because you get that Steven Sims Jr. punt return from the Texans. By the way, did you know that he was still in the league? I did not know he was still in the league. Last I heard of Steven Sims, he was returning punts for the Steelers. That might have been like two years ago. Yeah, he's had a wild, crazy career, uh, obviously starting here in D.C. And it's just another reminder of like some of the talented people that have been let out the doors here, specifically at returners. It's like, why did you not re-sign DeAndre Carter? Why did you not keep Steven Sims just to be the returner, even if you didn't think he'd develop as a receiver? Like, just a lot of te- a lot of decisions that are, seem silly, but also, like, Sims, you know, to his credit, got to a point where a playoff team was relying on him in, in a big spot uh, because he did have a fumble problem here, and, like, he wasn't reliable, and players grow, and it doesn't... Just because a guy doesn't work out in one place on a certain timeline doesn't mean that the team that let him go failed, although, you know... It, it does it does make it very difficult to see a guy who you let go go return a punt for a touchdown in the playoffs when you haven't sniffed the playoffs in a long time. Um, but I think, you know, like, people are going to gonna make this, and we're going to talk about this more in the 6 o'clock hour as well, like, McDonald beats Slowick head coaching-wise. Why would anyone hire Slowick over McDonald? Or why would anyone hire Slowick blah, blah, blah. And I think this is much more about the players on the field than it is the coaches. These are two very well-coached teams at this stage of things, but the Ravens have better players and they executed it at an extremely high level when push came to shove. I mean, Lamar, some of the throws he makes, the throw he makes a likely, the play that likely makes for the touchdown, like that's big time stuff. You know, he has obviously a couple of big carries. The way that Todd Munkin calls that offense in Baltimore, like next year, he's going to be the top one of the top head coach candidates on the market, I think. Um, and his name has come up a little bit this year, but it, it seems like people want him to be another year in the NFL uh, after you know being great at Georgia and, and what he's done with Lamar this year, leading him to probably an MVP season. But you look at it, the the balance they have running the football, the different backs, how how and when they choose to run Lamar to maximize his efficacy as a runner. He winds up over 100 yards, and that defense is just gross. Like, that's the thing that I think is is so crazy about Baltimore, Ant, is their linebackers especially, but their team speed in general, they're just 
on guys. Like, you catch the ball, and there's no space. E either you have an incompletion, and you can't catch it, or you catch it, and you're tackled immediately. They're sure tacklers. They're right on you. They don't allow explosive plays. They're just an excellent freaking defense. And a huge part of that is what McDonald does, but a huge part of that is they've got a great D-line with sensational linebackers and Kyle Hamilton and company in the back end. Like, they're just good at all three levels. Yeah, well, Mike McDonald is doing – and the thing is, I think the defense is getting more attention than, you know, the offense. The offense is still, you know, going out there, executing, putting up numbers, but I think the defense is what everyone gets so excited about. And, Craig, this wasn't the first time that uh, Mike McDonald, you know, stymied that Texans offense. This was the second time they faced each other. And the fact that, you know, McDonald's been able to do this against the league's, you know, best offenses. He, he went to San Fran, won yeah. the game. Uh, he beat Detroit, held them to three points. Uh, the Dolphins, they blew them out 56-19. So it's not <laughs> – it, it, it's just the manner in, in which, you know, this Mike McDonald-led defense is doing to these prominent offenses around the NFL. And it's you know, I think it's very uh, Baltimore Ravens-like, you know, the – a lot of grit, a lot of, um, you know, physicality. Just, I, I love what the, the, the Ravens They're so are good. And the thing is, like, maybe, just maybe, it wasn't Mike McDonald doing this twice to Bobby Slowick. It's mm -hmm. like, maybe it's uh, the Ravens have great players, and that's why they're able to do it consistently. It's not some schematic magic. And, like, he just puts them in position to succeed, and they do because they're great. Like, it's both. But it Ron, is both. You for got sure. Ron Darby out there. Yeah. To be honest, like going into the season, I couldn't tell you except probably like one person or two people, uh, like who was in the defensive backfield for the Ravens. You got Marcus Williams, and then you got uh, um, Marlon Humphrey. Oh, well, he's hurt. Right, but like going into the oh, season, yeah. it was like Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. Is Hamilton gonna Hamilton take yep. off as a sophomore? Uh -huh. And then we'll see. They had a whole bunch of question marks, but I I, I just feel like, you know, the Stevens, yeah. like he was a converted safety. Now he's playing corner. So, yeah, just, it, it's a testament to like what Mike McDonald has been able to. It is. Them. And I think, you know, it's not it's not just schematically for McDonald, like to give him the credit where it's due. Right. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to just push back against anything. Just like, it's all the players like <laughs> they have done such a good job. And this is years long, but McDonald certainly fits into this. They teach at such a high level. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's how you take. Because and I, and I guess why like sometimes people I, I just get tired of the McDonald's scheming it up. He doesn't do anything that spectacular schematically. Yeah. He calls a really good game, mm -hmm. good situations, mixes it up enough. They bring good simulated pressures. They bring good pressures, but like they're just so solid in what they do, which is both the players being great and they teach at such a high level. And ultimately, especially defensively, that's what matters. You want to see bad taught, badly taught football? Look at the Washington Commanders in 2023. You want to see well-taught football? Look at the Baltimore Ravens in 2023. Yep. Like, that's the magic. That is position coaches, coordinator, head coach, all being on the same page with a vision and being able to teach globally, hey, this is what we are trying to do. And as part of that, here is what you need to do. It is so clear when you watch them because everyone is so assignment disciplined. And the reason I think that's more important defensively than offensively versus like you can kind of scheme it up, win with the pen more on offense is what are the two keys for defense? Assignment and alignment. Do you know where you're supposed to be and do you know what you're supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And those guys do at a high level. And by the way, they're super capable because they're good players. 
That's the magic of McDonald. And by the way, that is a really, really good uh, characteristic to have in a head coach. I want someone who's a great teacher because I want you to be able to understand what it is that you're trying to get accomplished to any player on the field, offense or defense, and be able to help that position coach or that coordinator if it's not clicking. Like, let's say, you know, Terry McLaurin's not getting something, and Mike McDonald's a head coach, and the OC and, and him can't get on the same page. If McDonald understands what's supposed to be happening, he can be like, hey, we're trying to get this do this, work with the receiver coach, get this technique. Like that's a good thing to have as a head coach. So yeah, their, their, their whole organization is just top notch. And this seems like a culmination of a lot of work. Um, I also can't wait for when they win the whole freaking thing for everyone to do the dumb Lamar narrative of like, <laughs> Oh, why didn't everybody go after Lamar? See, he's great. Yeah. You want to know what that's proving? The rest of us who said there's no way Baltimore would ever let him leave mm -hmm. because they knew he was this good. You're proving our point, not yours. Please learn about restricted free agency. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Texans, I don't really have a lot to say here. Like hats off. Hats off to D'Amico. What you're building is amazing. You've got some really, really impressive young players who are not just great players, but great from a culture standpoint and what you're trying to build moving forward. Obviously, Stroud is phenomenal. The moment was not too big for him. They just, the other team was better. Like, they got beat. It wasn't like they necessarily beat themselves. They, they got beat because nobody's open ever because the Ravens are super good at what they do. Um, and that's that's kind of that. And then Lamar did Lamar stuff. So they there there is a lot of learning i think and a lot of discipline that needs to happen on that team it's a fairly young team yep. but like the the penalties on the offensive line were brutal for them Man. in this game that is the one area where they kind of beat themselves but it also felt like some of hey baltimore's baltimore's got the screws turned on us uh -huh. we're a little tight we're a little tense and i think that's more of a maturity thing that'll happen for them probably as soon as next year and then obviously the big question for D'Amico is going to be if slow it gets a job who do you have as the OC? And if not, and you get lucky, you better start grooming somebody because that dude ain't going to be here. Like, he, he's Much got one year now. left max mm -hmm. for sure. Um, all right. Meanwhile, Packers, 49ers. Um, I mean, the, the, the nails just <laughs> end of the game. Brock Purdy, I've been kind of terrible. Or not terrible, but, like, I've been kind of mad most of the game. I'm just going to put together a literal perfect drive. Unbelievable the way they use Ayuk, the way they use McCaffrey, closing it off. I mean, Kittle has a big drop, but has some big catches as well. And they get Jawan Jennings involved a ton. Like, they just, they figured out how to shift eventually without Debo. And, oh, by the way, this defense is really good and makes plays. Like, I feel really good about the fact that I picked this team to win the Super Bowl. I'll put it that way. Yeah, considering all the adversity uh, the 49ers had to go through, I think they needed this uh, going into uh, next week um, against the Lions. Look, they, they're battle-tested. Uh, Brock Purdy proved that, you know, he can overcome uh, some challenges. And uh, I, I, th I think a lot of people, like, I, I saw Ryan Clark talking about, you know, Purdy shouldn't be in a conversation with all the other quarterbacks that are still left remaining. Yeah. I think I th I think he's done just enough to a, to a point where he deserves the respect. Like even though you know he might not be a uh, a Josh Allen that can go out there and win the game. Of but course. I, I just feel as though But that's not a his lot job, people, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like who's the best player on the team? Mahomes is. Allen is. Lamar is. 
Like you're not gonna say for that for Goff and for Goff to a like Goff's in the more in the middle, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for Goff and for Purdy, their job is to get the ball to the good guys. They're exactly. not the good guys themselves. They're they're very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. But like their job, it, it's like you know if you're playing point guard with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, like. Back when, going old school here, back when like Jared Jack was a member of the Warriors early in the the dynasty days, or like, you know, you're Draymond Green on offense, your job is to set screens and make passes. Mm -hmm. Your job ain't to shoot, bro. And so Brock Purdy's job is to quickly and efficiently get the ball to Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, whatever. And he's really good at it, just like Draymond is really good at it for the Warriors. I know Draymond's a complicated figure. Don't worry about that right now. Just focus on how good he is as a passer. He makes the right read, gets the right guy the open shot, and you let them do the the hard thing, make it. That is ultimately the job of of Brock Purdy Mm -hmm. is like, I got Debo, who, by the way, I was just checking my phone because uh, I saw an alert come in 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 the last commercial break, and I didn't get a chance to read it, but read it real quick. No fracture for Debo Samuel, so he could be back this weekend. But Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle, uh, Jennings, Ayuk, like all these dudes are studs. All he's got to do is read the defense, put the ball where it's supposed to be, and let them cook, and he's excellent at that. Um, Meanwhile, on the Packers side of it, Obviously, they're super young. Yep. They're really good. As long as love continues to get better, they're going to be around for a long time. It's if the pack if love winds up being a dude and they go far of Rogers' love, that is the stupidest luck that any franchise has ever had. Like the Chicago Bears in their division have never had one good quarterback in the history of their franchise, one for any extended period of time. Like, we're talking Sid Luckman in the 40s, I think it is, right? That's that's about as good as it got. The The Packers might go, cert, they went two Hall of Famers in a row, even if both of them, we found out, turned out to be turds. Um, and then we'll see what Love is. Hopefully, what if Jer- what what if uh, Love winds up being better than both those guys and, uh, and is a good person? That'd be cool. No welfare scam frauds. No whatever the hell Aaron Rodgers is doing. That'd be cool. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Um, all right. When we get back, we'll take a look at the Sunday games, and then 6 o'clock we dive back into the Commander's Coaching Search. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.